Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, happy game week, everyone, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. ACC football starts now this week. Mac, we made it, man. I, I, there were times where I didn't think we were going to make it, and we have made it. It's amazing. We're here another year. Cannot wait. We're starting it Thursday. The huddle will be live at NC State, and then it's just fireworks from there, KG. Super excited about this week. And guys, what we'll be doing is Monday, Wednesday, Friday from here on out, Wednesdays we'll have a great guest episode and then Monday and Friday are kind of a a review of the weekend so that'll be on Monday and then Friday we will preview uh, the games that are coming up so back to our normal schedule if you remember last fall and KG we are super excited but this Monday there were no games to review so we are finishing our season previews we're ending it with Clemson North Carolina, super excited to talk about both of these teams. Kelly, I, th- I think we can agree. We we think both of these teams will be playing in Charlotte in the ACC championship. But before we dive into this episode, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at On3. The founders of Rivals.com 24-7 have created On3, and they aim to be the college sports destination for fans who don't just love the game, but love the spectacle that distinguishes college football from other major sports. On3 combines three unique businesses into one company, National News. They're going to cover the ever-evolving landscape that is college football. Fan sites providing a local presence that captures the passion, the voice of the fan through this local team coverage. And then lastly, a database that'll be the ultimate interactive source, ranging from recruiting profiles all the way to NFL draft info and Kelly, everything in between. That's right. Speaking of fan sites, Mac, our friend Matt Connolly does a great job with ClemsonSports.com. And each week, you and I will be posting in the Tigers' den, the message boards. We're very excited about that. We would love to answer questions about the Clemson Tigers and give you more in-depth analysis about the ACC. We will also be posting in other ACC team sites as they are created. North Carolina fans, if you are listening, The second that the UNC site is launched, whenever that may be, we will be hanging out on that site as well. So we are very excited to partner with On3. No doubt about it, Kelly. Let's move on. Let's talk about some North Carolina. You bring them up. I think they're going to be first in the Coastal. But let's talk about the Tar Heels. Let's do it. Okay, two top 10 teams, Mac. We're talking about in in the AP poll, in the preseason AP poll, number 10, North Carolina, number three, Clemson. Let's start with the Tar Heels. Head coach, Mac Brown. Weird way of talking about him with in terms of how many seasons he's been at UNC. Third season in this iteration, 13th season overall at North Carolina, but also his 33rd season overall as a head coach in college football. So he's been around the block, and he is one of our favorite people. He's awesome. He came on our podcast back in July. So if you missed that, or early August, I believe, go listen to it as well after you listen to this episode. Last year, North Carolina went 8-4. and four. They did go 7-3. and three. In the ACC, their four losses came at Florida State in that weird, crazy game, at Virginia, another weird, crazy game, Notre Dame at home, and Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl in a game where I think nationally people don't remember how close that game was. North Carolina had every chance in the world to beat A&M, and they were missing 
all their key skill players. Sam Howell, uh, preseason ACC player of the year. It's a big deal. And Tony Grimes, preseason all ACC corner. North Carolina picked first in the Coastal. I think the main story point here for North Carolina before we dive into offense and defense is how much of a step forward can they take? And for me, that is, can you avoid the Florida State loss? Can you avoid the Virginia loss? If Losing to a team like Notre Dame, not Notre Dame this year, but Notre Dame last year, uh, I get that. But you got to be able to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. I think that's where I start with North Carolina, Matt. I completely agree with you. And, and looking at this team, it's time to take that next step. It's time to be the team that we think that you can, that for the past two years we have discussed and talked in great length saying, oh, okay, th- this is it. This, this is going to be the you know, media darling that we all think is, is going to run the table and you know, potentially face off with Clemson in an ACC championship. We, we discussed it last year, thought that that would be the year that wasn't the case. Now it's time. This is most likely Sam Howe's last season with the Tar Heels, and, and for him to really solidify himself as one of the best ever, uh, it, it takes wins. It takes championships. It takes big-time bowl games. It's not just stats and, and overinflated stats, and we talk about how great this and that are. You, you have to have results. And so, KG, now's the time. Right. Now's the time. I completely agree. And, you know, when we talked with Mac Brown about Sam Howell, he compared, well, I brought up Colt McCoy and uh, he compared him to Colt McCoy. And I do see some parallels. Now, one thing about Colt, what, I think two things stand out about Colt. I think he still holds the record for completion percentage in a season. And he never really made mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over. He made the right decision. That's the next step for Sam Howe, right, Mac? We know his numbers were gaudy last year. They were excellent. But fumbles in a few situations where he didn't throw the ball away and he fumbled the ball, Virginia comes to mind. That's the key, right, for Sam Halmack is just making better decisions. And sometimes it's those small things that lead to, you know, we can keep the play alive. We can keep the drive alive and things like that. Absolutely. And I just want to make it very clear. I think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in the country going into this season. I think he can do everything that you want from a quarterback with his arm, can make every single throw. He's so accurate, uh, especially with the deep ball, probably the prettiest deep ball in college football. Uh, and then athletic enough with his legs to make something happen and, and to be sneaky and, and can pick up some good yards, avoid some sacks. But what you just mentioned, getting rid of the ball, making great decisions, is how he becomes that generational type player, how he becomes a potential first overall pick in the NFL draft, because that's just going to help so much of this offense. He has taken so many sacks, and and not all of it's on him. Some of it's on the offensive line. Some of it's on running back tight end, missing a block schematically, just having, you know, don't have a hat for a guy and you've got to make a decision quicker. But if he can understand that, hey, a check down is fine. Check it down to your running back and let it happen. Throw the ball away. That It's okay. You, you don't have to always extend the play to try and make a big play and then take a sack. I, I've said many a time, especially in this preview with, with some of these quarterbacks, that second and 10 is a lot better than second and 17 and third and 17 and so on and so forth. It just puts you in such a better situation as an offense. And you think of how explosive a team like North Carolina is, negative plays kill you. Negative plays hurt very bad, especially with a team like this that is relying upon big home run type of plays. When you set yourself back, you just don't put yourself at the best advantage. And so if he can just do a little bit better there, Kelly, I think this guy's going to light it up. I think he's going to light college football on fire. And 
you know, hopefully we have an amazing matchup in Charlotte, two top five teams even, uh, looking for, you know, one, maybe two playoff bids for the ACC in back-to-back years. So maybe we start the year with a top five matchup with Georgia Clemson. And That's Charlotte, right. And we end the year with North Carolina Clemson top five. That doesn't sound like a bad that'd idea. That'd be a lot of fun. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, we mentioned the Orange Bowl and a lot of guys did not play in that game, opted out for various reasons. But you had some of these young guys step up. Josh Downs is the main guy. From what we're hearing from camp, he is going to be that guy that is going to try to replace someone like Deami Brown, which is very difficult to do. We're hearing good things about Emory Simmons. I'm a little concerned about uh, Coffrey Brown and Bo Corrales and hearing about their health. So we'll see how healthy they are week one. That's the thing is UNC opens with a significant test week one. So I think it's going to be a lot of Josh Downs and then Ty Chandler. What Mac, I know you were able to go over there and check out practice and things like that. What have you seen from Ty Chandler and from these young receivers? Yeah, well, they're they're ready to go. They're, they're ready to be the, the next man up, if you will. And, and Josh Downs, I think, I, I talk about Sam Howell and how great he is and how great he's going to be. He's got to have somebody catching the ball. And, and so it's almost like Clemson a year ago where these preseason teams come out and there was not a Clemson receiver on the list. And then by the end of it, I believe they were two. That's going to be the case here with North Carolina as well. You know, Josh Downs is going to be on an all-ACC team, probably first team when it's all said and done with Mm. the stats that I predict that he's going to have. Uh, I I think Simmons is a guy that he's been there a long time. He's been banged up. He's been injured. Coach thinks he's finally healthy. Will he be able to take the next step? You know, that's, that's going to be a really big key for him. And then with Coffrey and, and Bo, it's going to be something that that health is important. Now, I think they'll be ready, you know, going to practice and seeing those guys run around. They look good. You know, Bo was very limited, Bo Corrales, and, and wasn't, you know, going through the good on good drills, but still would go through every individual drill and look fine. So I think there's excitement there uh, when you talk about production and, and who else is going to step up and some other young guys. Uh, I mean, there were, there was, Definitely flashes of greatness. Anthony Green, a guy that really shined and, and showed up in practice, Kelly, that, that is a senior, has been there for quite some time now. Is he going to get his shot? J.J. Jones, a young freshman, very raw, but a big-time guy that I think can be a, a, an instant impact type of player with the limited reps and playing time that I think he's going to get. And then looking at running back, I mean, there, there's not a better mixture of Javante Williams and Michael Carter than Ty Chandler. And so you basically have blended these guys together, maybe leaning a little bit more towards Michael Carter, uh, but but a guy that was built for this offense. He can catch it out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles, get him on the edge running, and he loves it. So I'm really excited for the production coming back. The depth at running back, Kelly, just who's going to step up behind him? All signs are pointing you know, right now to maybe Elijah Green, the, the young freshman that is going to get some good playing time. And then just a couple of other younger guys that I think are going to get in this rotation and be, uh, you know, really special. I think the running back depth is a concern just because if you believed in your depth, you probably wouldn't have gone out and, and gotten Ty Chandler. That's you know? right. So well, I'll tell Ty you this. Ty Chandler needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Talking with Coach Brown, um, you know, he said, listen, we open with Blacksburg and we're open with Virginia Tech right. in a crazy environment. I don't necessarily want to have a young freshman handing getting the ball on the first carry. And so he just said, look, we needed to go out and get a veteran guy who's been there, done that, and who better than a Ty Chandler who's played in these big environments, has been in loaded out stadiums for three, four years of his career. There won't be a moment that's too big. So 
I do agree with you from an experience standpoint. Uh, Ty Chandler, I mean, just boosted that room like crazy. And I think the Ty Chandler pickup too also showed, it showed how, but it also showed the fans like, this is going to be Sam Howell's last year, barring something crazy. And we feel like this is a win now situation. Like we need to take advantage of the fact that we have Sam Howell. So we got to bring in a vet. Mac, talk to me about this O-line. They did give up. 2.8 2.8 sacks per game. Now, some of that is on Sam Howell. I get it. I, Mac, I know you. I am never going to blame completely uh, the O-line. I would <laughs> never do that to you. But talk Thank to me you. about this O-line. Are we going to see some improvement? Yeah, I think we definitely will. They're all back, which is, again, we talk about sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes <laughs> it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing here for for UNC's instance. And, and guys, getting closer together, guys figuring out how to play with each other. I think Joshua Zudu is a heck of a ball player. He's going to be their starting left guard. I'm pretty sure he's played every position, maybe outside of center, along this this offensive line. So how attractive is that to the NFL and his continued you know success? He's he's a better pass blocker than he is run blocker, but still a, a great player. Brian Anderson, he's going to be the starting center. Was a little banged up when we were there. He was just cleaning out some issues. Maybe had a very light surgery or something of that nature. He'll be back. He'll be fine. But Jordan Tucker right tackle. He's the guy that I am intrigued with the most. He's massive. He's six foot seven, maybe close to six foot eight, very rangy, has super long arms, and just has been a guy that, you know, hasn't quite taken that next step, Kelly, of greatness and and just destroying people and and had the great opportunity to speak to him at camp and, and just told him how excited I am to see his growth and development. And so can he take that next step and and really be a game breaker because I think that'll that'll help take UNC to the next level. We failed to mention when we talked about the wide receivers, Garrett Waltson tied in, who has been a great security blanket for for uh, Sam Howell, and, and he'll be a great blocker as well. So I'm excited about those five guys when you add a tight end six and just to see their continued development in the run game and pass protection uh, and, and everything in between. I voted Walston first team all ACC because I I felt like, you know, we didn't have any you and I didn't put Josh Downs first team all ACC, but I think, you know, Sam Howell's going to be so prolific that he's going to have to target someone, somebody. And I, <laughs> I think Josh Downs is going to be that dude, but nothing against your guy, James Mitchell at Virginia Tech, Mac. I mean, he's that dude, but I, I feel like Sam Howell's going to be so prolific that Walston has a chance. And I love that you are always standing up or sticking up for the tight ends. That's what you do, Mac. That's right. Always. That's the near and dear to my heart. That's the position. Second hardest position on the field to learn, just telling you straight. And first is offensive line? <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you would say, okay, QB's first, but tight end is the second hardest position to learn. No question. Okay, a little timeout here yeah, in time between out. the uh, in the preview. Take here. me in the huddle. Um, yeah, uh, think think about the tight end position, Kelly. You have to learn pass routes. You have to learn run blocking. You have to learn uh, pass protection. You have to learn every formation where you're lining up because they flex. They're in the backfield. They're on the line. Uh, they could be out wide by themselves. Uh, all by the way, you have to learn motions as well. It is the only position which maybe even farther than quarterback that has to know every single aspect of the game. It's insane. And so I think it's, it is a tough position to where if, if you have a complex offense, it's something that'll take a little time to learn. Hmm. Because you started as a tight end, 
did that really help you once you switched to O-line? No Because you question. already had that knowledge. Yeah. And, and I, I knew why we were doing the things that we were doing outside of just run block right, run block left. And it also helped because I knew all the signals too. So I could process it faster and kind of get it to our offensive line to where a lot of the guys don't know it. You just know what the quarterback tells you. And it's very watered down and limited, you know, just to help with communication. But I would look to the sidelines, kind of know, and then I could tell our guys, hey, get ready. This is this is what we're doing. And this is what we're going to be, you know, kind of faced with. And it just, I think, gave us a little bit of advantage with speed and being able to, uh, you know, process quicker. Fascinating. Look at that. Look at that breakdown. This is a little like, Inside the Helmet that. brought to you by yeah, Kelly Gramley. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk defense here for North Carolina. Now, we said so many great things about their offense. This is a defense last year. They gave up 400 yards per game. All right. They didn't have a, they did they gave up less than 30 points per game. When you're scoring 40, I guess that's, that's fine, but you'd like to see that number go down. One of the main issues for UNC's defense last year, they forced just 11 turnovers and they lose Chas Surratt, their quarterback of their defense, the voice of their defense. I do think, you know, when you look at Fox and Gimmel coming back, you're going to feel good about those guys, but overall, can this defense take enough of a step forward, Mac, to where it can help out the offense if they have somewhat of an off day, which is rare. But when you look at a Florida State game, for example, that's where you really needed your defense to step up. To answer your question, yes. And it, it, I think okay. where I'm going to start with this is kind of front to back uh, because I'm very excited about this defense, Kelly, and probably – a little bit higher than others because I got to see it in person and, and I got to see the bodies that are going to be out there. And, and it was almost like, where'd this come from? You know, where were these guys? And then I look at the roster, they they're were injured. injured and they're also all freshmen and sophomores. They're all babies, but they're ready. And, and this is where UNC is starting to take this Clemson approach of where they're building it lines of scrimmage out. And that's what you have to do, especially if you want to compete on the national level. I'll give you guys a couple of numbers to look after. Number 10, Desmond Evans. Came in as a defensive end. He's now kind of an outside linebacker rush specialist. Number five, uh, Jafari Ritzy, true freshman, freak of nature. Keyshawn Silver, number six, true freshman, freak of nature. Both of those guys, Ritzy's going to be more of a defensive end body Keyshawn is blown up. He came in as the number one defensive end, I think the number one overall player uh, for ESPN. He is massive, guys. He's a three technique now, so he's going to be able to use that you know, quick twitch, explosive body type on guards, on centers. And, and it's, it's very different when you slide in an athletic guy into that position. So those three guys, on top of Miles Murphy, who has changed from 88 to 8, so a lot of single-digit defensive linemen – that are all freshmen and sophomore that, Kelly, I think UNC fans need to be jacked up about because these guys are going to be fantastic. Then, of course, you add in the Fox brothers. You add in Raymond Vahasik, just a guy that is really going to be that focal point, big, nasty nose guard, and you're excited about this defensive line. They are going to be fantastic. Now looking at the linebackers, Jeremiah Gimmel is still here, very rangy, has lost some weight. He's a guy that can go sideline to sideline, Looks fantastic, and he's so smart. I mean, we got to speak to him at ACC Media Day, and he's a football buff. He's a history buff. He was rattling off, you know, his thoughts on the playoff and referencing, you know, 2013, 14, 15. Like, he was referencing all these games saying, 
if you look back at history, there's no point for us to have 12 teams in because the four that we have in now, half of them can't compete anyway with all these blowouts. And, you know, he's he's not wrong. And so watching him play, I'm excited. Number seven, uh, Asante, Eugene Asante, he's going to be the difference maker. That's who is replacing Chaz Surratt, Kelly. He is going to be a better linebacker than Chaz was. Now, Chaz is, is a better athlete. And Chaz may be a little bit more cerebral being a quarterback and kind of understanding things. But Eugene is a baller. And he is not afraid to hit you right in the mouth. He's a big, thick guy. Looks fantastic. And we saw against Texas A&M, his first start of the entire year, he leads the team with like 12 tackles and is all over the field against a vaunted SEC offense. So I'm excited to see him, to see his progression it's now his time. He's kind of a bad boy. You know, we saw him at practice kind of, you know, hitting a little bit after the whistle, kind of taking guys to the ground and you weren't supposed to. And that's kind of what you want in a linebacker. I mean, I'm not too mad about that at all. Uh, so I'm really excited about those first two levels. And I know I'm talking a lot here, Kelly. Matt, keep it going. Keep it going. Because I'm pumped about this secondary. I think the secondary can be really special. I, I do too. And it's going to be led by Tony Grimes, who has gained about 20 pounds doesn't look like a high school football player anymore. Now you add that to the talent. So Tony, Trey Morrison, Storm Duck, uh, Kyler McMichael, the Clemson transfer is fantastic. Uh, and, and then Don Chapman are some names that I'm excited about them. And maybe I'm just wearing my baby blue goggles. I don't know. I, I think these guys are going to be good. And I think we're going to find out very early, especially going against Virginia Tech in game one, how good this defense can be. Well, and we know it's all connected, right? So if you can get a push up front, that helps your secondary. Last year, the main issue for UNC was that they gave up 247 passing yards per game, which was 87th in the country. But they had a bunch of injuries in that secondary. It felt like that secondary was never really healthy. But then, of course, when you have that defensive front that can get a push, that can disrupt the quarterback, that's going to help everything. So I would be shocked if this defense is not improved. I think the question is just how much, right? Can they hold teams under 25 points per game? Can they get that yards allowed down under 400, significantly under 400? These are the keys. And can they force some more turnovers? Because, look, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not really putting that emphasis on forcing turnovers, that's something that you need to help your offense as well. I would almost go ahead and guarantee they'll be drastically improved in yards per game, I think it'll be significantly under 400, and then the turnovers, just because of the ball hawks that they have here. Okay. Because of that, like you said, that that defensive line hurrying up the offense. Okay, I have to make a quicker decision now if I'm a, a quarterback, and maybe it's not the decision I want to make. That's going to give you a, a better advantage. So I almost am going to lay out a Gramlet guarantee here oh? uh, that their that their defense is going to be drastically improved. Okay, talking about Gramlet guarantees, let's get to this win total. The number is 10. Vegas knows what they're doing, Mac. That's the theme of our previews here, which means you need to guarantee 11 and 1 to take the over. Can you do that, Eric McLean, aka Mr. Baby Blue? Why couldn't it have been nine, Kelly? If it was nine, because I would hammer Vegas, the over. <laughs> they need to make money. <laughs> they, and they're going to do it. So that's why I'm not touching it. I'm pushing this one. I, I'm not going to say under because I do think. It's very attainable, and maybe if you are a betting man or woman, maybe that is what you do. You go the under here because that's a lot of wins, but I, I see it. I mean, I see it on the schedule, but I just don't 
know if they are quite ready to make an undefeated go at it. You know, that, that there's a lot that goes into that. It is hard to win, guys, and it is dang hard to go undefeated, especially when you are not used to that. I mean, we saw a team that, again, I know there were only two, three conferences not playing or playing, and so they jumped into this top five, and they weren't ready. They, they absolutely were not ready for that moment and got embarrassed by Florida State. And so that comes into it, too. You look back at Clemson 2011 – we're undefeated. We're top X in the country. We go to NC State and get whipped because we thought that we have arrived. We thought that they we were this team that could beat everybody, and then we got smoked, and then we got smoked by Georgia Tech, and then we got hung 70 on in the Orange Bowl. So there's a process that you have to go through. And, and so I don't know, is this team quite ready to go undefeated? I don't know. I mean, surely they have the talent to do so, but mentally – is there enough leadership? Is there enough been there, done that? And I think the answer is no. So I, I don't, I'm not guaranteeing an over at all. I'm not also saying that they can't walk into the ACC championship with only one loss, but I just, there's a lot to go into it. So from a gambling perspective, from a money perspective, I'm not touching this one. And that's the only perspective I'm looking at right here. I agree, Mac. And I think the key, you know, we talked about the silly losses earlier. And we're getting to Clemson in just a second. But we talk about the silly losses. Even if you do lose one of those, if you lose at Virginia Tech, which not necessarily a silly loss, it's a tough place to play. But if you lose to a Pittsburgh or something, you can afford that one loss. But the key here, if you want to play in the ACC championship, the key is October 16th. I mean, you have to win that game. You have to beat Miami so you have the tiebreaker. So you can almost afford yourself a mistake as a young team, as a team, as a program that's still trying to build. The game that... I think Carolina fans, and they already know this, but circle it, highlight it, underline it. You got to beat Miami. So you have that tiebreaker so that you have your your destiny in your own control to get to Charlotte and have that chance. Yeah, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, and, and I think it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different. Obviously, every game's important. Hear what I'm saying, people. But UNC almost has this playoff to get to the championship because – you open with Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. That's your first hurdle. You've, you've won there twice in 20-something years. That's going to be extremely difficult. Mac, how, how loud is it in Blacksburg? It's going to be nuts. I'm so sad that we're not going to be there as a network because I, I, I have to feel like they're going to set some records. I mean, it's the first game back. Oh, yeah. It's a crowd that is insane passionate, insane about their football team. That game's going to be crazy. Then, as you mentioned, they play Miami. Uh, on the 16th there, and then they play Pitt at Pitt. That is basically a a championship run in itself. Mind you, all the other games that you're going through as well. So it, it, it's a tough schedule. It's a tough timing uh, to play these people Pitt late in the season at Pittsburgh. Who knows what the weather's going to be. So needless to say, I think both you and I are, are pretty excited for this North Carolina team and what they can potentially accomplish. Definitely, definitely. All right, Mac. It's time to take off your baby blue goggles and put on your orange ones. I, I, we're ready. I, Go I got it. We're ready. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I, I figured. I figured you had those right. Come on. Let's talk Clemson. Head coach Dabo Sweeney, 13th full season at Clemson. Last year they went 10-2, and 8-1 and one in the ACC. Only losses came at Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence, even though DJU balled out, and then Ohio State in the playoff. Preseason all ACC. Let me take a big breath here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Justin Ross, wide receiver. Jordan McFadden, offensive tackle. Miles Murphy. I love that we have two Miles Murphys in this episode. That's hilarious. And they're the same age. Defensive they're the end. same age, which is crazy. They're the same age, and they could both end up, you know, way up there. Yep. I, I don't, I'm not guaranteeing North Carolina's Miles Murphy all ACC, but who knows? <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Brian Brzee, defensive tackle. Tyler Davis, defensive tackle. James Skowski, linebacker. Andrew Booth, corner. Picked first in the Atlantic. And we know, Mac, it all starts with Clemson, Georgia, week one. I am so hyped up for that game. We're going to give our picks and break down that game specifically on Friday. But I think it's interesting that both teams we're talking about in this episode start with massively important games for their resume. There's no easing into the season with either of these teams. No question about it. And and I think, you know, I've been asked the question a lot recently of, you know, how would you want to start your season? Would you want it with a cupcake? Would you want it with a powerhouse, a a, a Clemson, a Georgia, an Alabama, Ohio State going against them? And I said, listen, it it depends where your program is. If, If you're in the situation like a Georgia Tech or a Florida State where you're rebuilding a little bit and you're trying to get your team back to a certain level, you don't want to see those teams first. You, you don't want to you want to ease into the season as much as you can and get everything right. If you are at the level that Clemson is, you're fully embracing these because this is a great measuring stick to see where your team can go, what your team needs to do to get better, how you know effective are we going to be at what we do and they're excited. They're jacked up. And, and so I can't wait to see this game. This is a national championship caliber game in week one. Uh, I think it's the best interconference, non-conference, excuse me, matchup the entire year. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it lives up to the hype. Let's talk some offense here with Clemson. I, I just, I feel like it's our job, Mac. It's our, it's our duty. This is a public service announcement to remind people what DJU did last year, because I am hearing, look, I'm hearing a lot about Sam Howell, and that's great. I voted Sam Howell preseason ACC Player of the Year. He deserves that. But I'm also hearing a lot about JT Daniels and and how he's kind of the proven commodity in this game. And look, JT Daniels started four games last year. I get that he played Mississippi State, Missouri, and he played well against Cincinnati. He did. But when you look at DJU, I, can we just take a second here, Mac? Against Boston College, he was 30 of 41 for 342. Two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, no picks. Against Notre Dame, 29 of 44 on the road. He was incredible for 439 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. I feel like we're just forgetting that. I don't know, Mac. That's frustrating to me. Do you do you feel that? Well, you and I are not forgetting that. No, not we. I the, promise the ACC the world, network the is not we. forgetting that. But everyone else, uh, yeah, they're, they're asleep. But guess what? DJ's going to wake they them up. They're sleeping. He's going to wake them up really quickly. And and when you look at just specifically you know, this game, I think if there's a weakness for Georgia on the defense, you're going to say it's that secondary. And so we'll find out really quickly you know, who DJ is and what he's going to bring to the table. But when you look at him physically, he's a big guy. He he's just a massive presence at the quarterback position. Six foot four, six foot five, you know, two hundred and forty-seven pounds. So little Cinco now, as Coach Sweeney liked to joke about. Uh, but the talent is insane with his arm. The side throws, the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, no look throws, and and the deep shots, the accuracy. Um, Coach Sweeney also talked about how if if a DB takes one false step. He's going to kill him because he he's just at an instant dis- disadvantage. So I think you're right. I, I think DJ is is just going to step up to the plate. He's proven that there is no moment that is too br- big or bright lights that are too bright uh, for him. Being down 18 to Boston College, 
going on the road in a massive environment against Notre Dame. So, yeah, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling pretty confident about DJ. Yeah, and I think a lot of Clemson people are. And if you're sleeping on DJ, I guess you'll just have to be uh, awoken. Awoken. <laughs> awoken. There's an awakening about to happen. I hope that's right <laughs> in Charlotte. All right, let's talk wide receivers. Justin Ross has been the talk of the town. He's back. He's feeling good. He's 100%. I still think a lot of Clemson fans feel like they need to see it in Charlotte. And we'll see it. We will. I mean, this guy, in his first two seasons on campus, 1,865 yards and 17 touchdowns. So he's a proven guy, but he has had the injury. Beyond Jay Ross, Mac, who do you see stepping up, both at the wide receiver spot and at the running back spot for Clemson, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of young guys need to step up, very similar to North Carolina in that regard. Yeah, well, let me start with wide receivers and and everything that we're hearing about Justin Ross is people are just jacked up and excited. And, and he's, you know, reminding people who he is. And I think another guy, if we're saying people are sleeping on DJ, uh, I, I think Justin is going to reintroduce himself at Georgia game as well. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more uh, on our Wednesday guest episode, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I think when you look at this receiver group, it's deep, it's unproven, and then with that depth, there's some question marks. And, and guys like Joseph Ngata and Frank Ladson, who are just seemingly always getting hit with the injury bug and, and just cannot stay healthy. So is it guys like EJ Williams, who you know we haven't heard a ton of, but when I talk to people close to the team saying, yeah, I mean, he's killing it. He's had a great camp. He's been very consistent. I guess it's just there's so much other noise around it that he might just be you know, kind of trickling by the wayside. Guys like Ajoa Joe who are so raw and, and are going to really step up and, and have a meaningful you know part of this team. Brandon Spector, who I feel like nobody is talking about, who, who's going to be the, the next great you know slot receiver for the Tigers. A couple of freshmen in Dakari Collins and Bo Collins I think are going to have a real chance. And then Troy Stiletto, um, you know, another young freshman that is freaky fast. If you put him in the slot, he's going to be an instant mismatch. So depth is not a question at all at the wide receiver position, Kelly. Running back is going to be very interesting, you know, because I think that is a position where talent is not an issue. You, you have a proven commodity in Lynn J. Dixon who has showed that he can be a great piece of this offense. We saw in the spring game, Kobe Pace was fantastic. I think he is going to end up being the guy and maybe even get the nod to start against Georgia. Time will tell on that. And then freshman phenom Will Shipley. I don't know if I have heard better reviews from a true freshman since maybe Sammy Watkins. Since which Sammy, I played with. yeah. Look at that, a couple of twins. Um, so he's allegedly the fastest on the team as a true freshman. He's allegedly the hardest worker, and that's from weight room staff, who see it every day as a true freshman all the signs are pointing that this guy is going to be a phenom. He's going to be a superstar. And I'm kind of predicting, Kelly, that it's going to be very similar to Travis Etienne's career in the fact that he's going to ease into this position. And by the end of the year, he's going to be the guy. I just have to think that's going to happen. Unless a guy like Kobe steps up and says, no, I'm going to take it from you. I just think the writing is kind of on the wall for uh, for Will Shipley to, to have a big-time piece of this offense. I agree. I don't think it's going to be right away. I'm not sure how much to expect from him against Georgia, but by the end of the year, I feel like Will Shipley will most likely be starting or at least getting starter snaps. Let's talk about this offensive line. So the O-line struggled last year. We know that. 
at times. I, I would say you would say if you look at the film, it wasn't as bad as some think. Bach horse moving to center is what we're hearing. Jordan McFadden is a real bright spot at left tackle. What do you expect from the zone line, Mac? Yeah, it, it's going to be hard to say until we know who the true five are going to be. You know, who, who's going to run out there? Is it going to be guys rotating? Do, are they solid? on a, a five, you know, we, we've heard some concerns from the center position, which is so interesting in, in this massive of a game between Clemson and Georgia, we've heard center concerns on both ends uh, of the, of the team, which is, is nuts there. But is that, you know, smoke screen? Is that just trying to, you know, make something up for people to talk about? I, I'm not sure, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. Does a guy like Marcus Tate find his way into the starting lineup. Who, who's a true freshman, a massive guy at six foot five, six foot six, three hundred twenty plus. That in the spring game, Kelly, I'm looking around and I said, "Who the heck is that?" He has quick feet, very smooth for a freshman, great long arms and punch. Although he's a young guy, you know, is that moment against Georgia against a guy who they're going to have an All American out there at D tackle? Is that too much for a young guy? You know, and, and then who steps up? you know, to eventually take the center? Is it going to be Matt? Is it going to be uh, Hunter Rayburn? You know, who is that going to be at that position? I think the tackles are are solid. I think Jordan McFadden and, you know, our, our guy Walker Parks are are very good. And Jordan might be one of the best in the country when it's all said and done at the position. So I, I think Clemson is going to be better, but definitely some question marks that, you know, I'm going to have to see with my own eyes. And then, of course, against Georgia, who's going to have a very good defensive line. It's going to be very interesting, like you said. Fresh, maybe a true freshman out there. A new uh, Bachhorst playing center, which he didn't play last year. Yeah, the O line. It it will be the the talk of the town. I would say also after the Georgia game, either for better or for worse. We'll we'll see. Let's talk some defense, Eric McLean here with Clemson. I am of the belief. I think a lot of people were concerned about the defense, especially after the Ohio State performance last year. The weak link for the defense last season. If you look at it from from a number standpoint, was the passing defense giving up 215 yards per game? Again, another similarity between North Carolina and Clemson, um, that passing defense. But if we really look at the defense last year, I remember specifically the Notre Dame game in overtime, Clemson's defense trying to stop that two point conversion. And there were dudes out there playing linebacker that I had not heard of. Okay, and I cover this team all the time. The injury bug really bit this defense last year. So I am not someone that is hitting the panic button about Brent Venable's defense. If Skowski can stay healthy, if Specter can stay healthy, if Tyler Davis, who was not healthy at all last year, can stay healthy, I think this defense is going to be just fine. So I'm not panicking. I'm not thinking this defense needs a full overhaul. What do you think, Mac? I agree with you. And I'll even go a step further with looking at guys and not knowing who they are in that Ohio State game. Uh, I, I was looking yeah, at the even secondary. In Ohio, yeah, when Skowski was thrown out. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the secondary and linebackers, and I'm having to go Google the roster and say, who the heck is right. this? Who, who is this guy? And, and so I, I think just health, I think another year of experience, another year of growing up is going to really help this defense. And I, I think these guys are going to be really good. I mean, I, I'm talking about best in the country as a collective unit. I think the best defensive line in the country as a specific unit. So – when let's let's do like we did for North Carolina, kind of go front to back here. This D line is going to be disgusting. Uh, I mean, you've got five guys. <laughs> disgusting. You've got five guys that could start any given Saturday at the defensive end position between Miles Murphy, Justin Foster, Justin Maskell, KJ Henry, Xavier Thomas. Guess what? They're all four and five stars. Most of them are five stars. It's insane to see the depth and talent 
that they have at that position specifically. And then you slide on the inside. I think the best defensive tackle in the country as a sophomore, as a baby, Brian Brzee, he's only getting better. He's learning how to play football. He's understanding concepts and not just using his pure God-given talent to get after people. If Tyler Davis can stay healthy, that's going to be an amazing one-two punch. And then you add in young freshman Trey Williams, Ruka Roro, and all these other guys. That wasn't a stutter, by the way. That is his name. I love that name. Oh, I do too. Uh, just all these guys. And, and so Coach Sweeney did a great job of kind of opening my eyes to the fact that this isn't just like 2018 with the star power. This is like the 2014 defensive line in terms of depth. Guys, there is like five defensive linemen from the 2014 team that are still in the NFL. And you just. And you had to block those guys in practice every day. I did. It wasn't fun. I didn't like it. It was very difficult. Uh, So when you look at these guys, they have those characteristics. They have the star power. They have the depth. They have the unselfishness, which that was the key, Kelly, that Coach Sweeney said. And now when I'm, you know, talking to, to guys in the weight room and some guys that are support staff throughout the program, that's what they echo. They say these guys want to win. These guys want to celebrate each other. They don't care who starts. And there might be a different starter every week, especially a defensive end, but they're all going to play and they're all going to go out there and do their job. And I think that's where it gets really special really quickly. Now, moving back to the linebackers, you have two solid linebackers as it comes with the Bash Bros, with Balen Specter, James Skowski, which, I mean, Scout, he's a coach. He's a coach on the field. He coached all spring. He knows what every single person does at every single position. It, it's insane to see. And, and it's it's so unique, Kelly, to have a guy like that who who has been here, done that. You probably will never see it again uh, just because of, of these rules. And then you add in Trenton Simpson there, who is like an Isaiah Simmons, maybe a little bit bigger version, more of a defensive end version that can get after and rush the quarterback and, and do things of that nature. I think the biggest difference, Kelly's going to be this secondary. I think they are going to have the opportunity to create turnovers, to score points, to get the ball. Andrew Booth, mark the tape, top 10 pick whenever he decides to leave. I think he is going to be that good of a player. Talking again with these guys, he's playing at a level he's never been at before at Clemson, which is a big-time need for a lockdown kill you corner that can do it all. And then Sheridan Jones on the other side, I, I think that they've got a really good opportunity to to be ball hawks. And, and it might be a rotating spot at that second corner between Mario Goodrich, Malcolm Green, maybe even true freshman Nate Wiggins. We heard a lot about him in spring ball and how great he was. So I'm excited to see that. And then the safety position is going to be interesting. You know, it, is Nolan Turner and Landon Sanders going to be the guy? It, is somebody like R.J. Mickens or Joseph Charleston going to step up. Maybe even another true freshman, Andrew Makuba. Coach Sweeney and Coach Venables were very uh, just excited about him and jacked up about him in the spring. Can he push for maybe some starting time? So, Kelly, there's a lot to be excited about, a lot of depth uh, with these even young and good combination of old players that Clemson's just going to – they're going to be different defensively. And I think health is the biggest concern. You know, it, we talk about all these talented guys on the defense. Last year, I thought the injury bug bit Clemson for the first time, really, in the Dabo Sweeney era, where it was detrimental and it stopped them from achieving their potential. And this year, it, it should be better. I think last year you had injuries plus COVID. And so that was just a disaster. It was like you look at Xavier Thomas, who had COVID, turned in the strep throat, had all these issues. All right, Mac, let's talk with special teams. I mean, 
Look, BT Potter and Will Spires have been at Clemson for literal decades. I, I feel like you played with both of them. Yeah, they're graduating with their doctorate, I heard, uh, this December. So really? That's really exciting. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's good. Doctor and kicking. They're both bad. We've got a doctorate in kicking. Both solid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's talk win total. Win total for Clemson, 11 and a half. Hammer Basically the over, means people. You gotta guarantee, Hammer it. You got to guarantee an undefeated season. Mac, you're guaranteeing it. Okay. I, I think clemson George is going to be close. I think the three-point spread is about right. So I'm not sure I feel comfortable hammering it, but... If this is a McLean guarantee, by all means, friend, take the floor here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we changing the name? It's not a Grambling guarantee anymore. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I can give a Grambling she, guarantee. She's not, she's not putting her name on it. I don't know it. if I can. Uh, listen. Mac, look, <laughs> there, there's a difference here. I mean, when, when you ask me, is Duke going to hit the over on three and a half? Grambling guarantee. But right here, I... Oh, I'm a little worried. Just hit, just hit the over, Kelly. Okay, because I, you know what? At the end of the day, all right, go freaking Tigers and let's do you. this thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Before we get out of here, Mac, this has been fun. This is, I mean, I don't know how you can find a better breakdown of North Carolina and Clemson. If you had to predict today, we're recording this. By the way, this is we're recording this on August 26th. So today is August 26th. If you had to predict Clemson and North Carolina in the ACC title game. What is the score? Ooh, I like that. I think that's a really good question when you look at it's it. It's way too early. I, I think it's going to be a barn burner because I love both of these offenses. I, I think that they are going to be able to score points and deliver. Uh, so I, it might be like my senior year where it was, you know, 45 to 40, whatever that score was. That might have been the national championship. Whatever that score was, I think it'll be very reflective. Uh, slight flex there. We did lose, though. Um I think that it'll be very similar to that 2015 game. Hopefully not come down to a uh, last-second onside kick that North Carolina was offsides for or whatever. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Okay, so similar to that ACC title I think game. So. That was a it fun was. game. Stressful. It was cold. It was a lot of plays, but it was fun. All right, Mac. That's our breakdown. North Carolina and Clemson, two top ten teams. Let's get this season started. I will. I want to give out a tease. On Wednesday, we are going to have Georgia Superfan. Um, Coffee Town play-by-play voice, <laughs> and he works also with our friends over at Outsider. Wes Blankenship is going to join us to break down Clemson and Georgia, so you're not going to miss that episode on Wednesday. We're kicking it off, KG, with a Homer pod. It, it was a lot of fun. So, you, like Kelly said, you guys don't want to miss it. But that's it from us. Do yourself a favor. Go check out our producer's podcast, Rich Take on Sports. Richmond Weaver does such a great job with his podcast. Over 150 episodes. My man has been killing it. Has such a wide variety of guests. Any you know form of sports uh, lesson, life lesson, you want to hear it, you want to learn about it, he's got it on Rich Take on Sports. You're going to love it. But that's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlich and Mac Lane. It's Monday. It's game week, guys. Get excited. We always appreciate you being with us. If you haven't already, Go over to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, write us a review. But until next time, we'll see y'all.